<laughs> when I left England, I sold mine a little bit unofficially, and and then I moved here, and I got uh, it was funny, like two years into moving here, I got an email from uh from the firearms officers in Britain, and they were like, "Hey, where are your guns?" And I just I just never responded. Ah, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, no, serious. I was like, figure it out. Fuck you. You're listening to the Art and War podcast with your hosts Mitch and Nathan. Mitch is a former Airborne Infantry squad leader who now spends most of his time coaching soccer. Nathan is a professional illustrator and an avid shooter with a couple of years of Canadian military experience. Together, they run the Seaburn Art page. Enjoy the show. So I'm so used to not being the person in control of the record button. I think I've been spilling on, assuming you're going to do it. You're like, you're like, all right, go on then, dude. <laughs> yeah. But because Mitch is, I don't know, in the land of dragons or something. He's on um, a, a, a spiritual journey to find out what life is like when you're not government property. Yes, and so far he seems to really be enjoying it for anyone who's uh, curious. Yeah. Either that or I haven't heard from him for like 24 hours, so I can only assume he's been shot to death by federal agents. <laughs> Christ. That's a grim thing. Yes. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> for, for anyone listening... Uh, it is uh, BR and Nathan hosting the Art and War show once again. Um, no, no guest and no agenda this week. I think I think we've yeah, got. Yeah, rough... I think this is just like a catch up kind of like State of the Union. We walked in with no script, similar to the fat shaming one. We had no script for that, eh? We yeah, didn't know it was going to be about fat shaming until it started. Let's just chill and chat. What the fuck are you putting in that water? It's creatine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, that that could be that could be anything. It could be a, yes, no, it is a jacked factory creatine. I've decided I'm going to be a, become a muscle boy. Fuck yeah. Already yeah. going to go from a, a cutie to a fucking monster. <laughs> 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 no, it's, uh, I've, I've been doing everything natty for a little while, but, um, but it is time. I, I did creatine like a decade ago and seemed to help a little bit over time, but. Were you yeah, shitting your not? brains out? No, no. That's too good. much protein on the other hand yeah fuck we we were just uh we just paused and got into some gear babble but we don't really do much gear babble on this show so i think it might we, be kind of interesting really yeah, yeah. we might get kind of autistic which i'm sorry in advance um <laughs> well i i think um what we discussed going into this episode was uh you know we're both creatives for a living so i'd like to we've never actually just sat down and done an episode with just the two of us chatting about that no, so, we've done an episode where the two of us chatted about Ted Kaczynski, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, uh, yeah. So I, I think that'd be interesting to get into, and then we're also a little bit, a little bit tizzy with our, uh, you know, gear and guns and attachments and stuff. So, but um, we were just discussing like carry optics and what the fuck was the other thing? Oh, lights and what else? Hollow Sun and how they fail and they're made in China, but both of us use them anyway. <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing. Like, so for me, like you've got a lot more experience with red dots and stuff than I do. Like, I grew up using hunting scopes, and that was about it for my optics. So for me, like on my rifle, I naturally drifted to a LPVO because that's what I'm comfortable with and that's what I know. And red dots, you know, I've used them, but they're they're much newer. So then when it came uh, when carry optics were becoming a thing, uh, increasingly more so, I was still learning how to shoot pistols because, you know, being a filthy, you're a trash Brit, I grew up... You lost the war. <laughs> yeah. I, so, we... so, did, so did I. So did we. Rip. Um, I, it sucks. So America should have just taken over everything. Sorry, continue. 
I, I will not agree with that. But well, well, I, well, it, it wouldn't be amazing. Would be better than the situations we currently have. Honestly, if I could, if I could hang out in a pub with a Webley in like yeah. <laughs> on, on my hip, I, that'd be pretty badass. That'd be pretty wonderful. Can so, you so, can you open carry in? Or am I allowed to talk about what state you're in? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Arizona. Even though I'm in Arizona, yeah, uh, yeah, I I chose Arizona because it's very you know one of the one of the most gun friendly states in the union, and um, and, but more so than the actual legal gun rights, it's it's the it's the cowboy culture because no one gives a fuck out here and it's beautiful. But what were you gonna say? I I have a friend who, from your state actually. He's he's not really a gun guy. He listens to the podcast. And he he listens to to every episode actually. Well, he's getting into guns now, but he had I mean? one thing to say, which is, is BR's accent real? No, 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 no. It's, uh, it's all made up and I'm, uh, I'm actually from the deep South. I'm a big fan of NASCAR and I, I, I don't know. Everyone keeps on asking me to do an American accent. I'm like, let me just hold my nose and <laughs> speak, all, speak all nasally. I don't know. I I ordered a caramel macchiato. I don't know. Gee, <laughs> gee, uh, Phil, that's not a very nice thing to say. Gosh, gosh, golly, I don't know. God, it's like I'm in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like a lot of Americans say to me, like, I don't have an accent. I'm like, all of you have an accent. You, yeah, fucks. everyone has an accent. It's to you, you do not have an accent. To me, I do not have an accent. Then I say like a boot or something. Oh no, I I haven't. We. I, I recognize that I have an accent, but what yeah, I do we have, all have accents. what I do have is a fucked accent, which I think is what throws people off. Like some of my, some of my pronunciations will be very British, but I've been living here for like over four years now. So, and my, my girlfriend's American. So I'm just, my accent is fucked and I don't, Christ, the only Brits that I speak to are my mates back home, which is like intermittent and my parents. So accent is, pff, fuck knows what to do with it. <laughs> I, I was going to say, um, I don't want to dox where you're from in England, but it is just such an interesting mix. It's different. I Well, that that's the other thing. Like a lot of people are used to like uh what they call BBC English or transatlantic English kind of accents. And mine my original is very like country bumpkin. Like if I when I get really fucking hammered, and you can hear it in some of the old e militia episodes, my 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 more because uh, that was when I first got over here too. Um, my my country boy accent comes out and fuck me if I'm with all of my mates from the same county, you will not be able to understand us. You know, like when they subtitle the Irish when the you ever seen a news report where it's an an Irishman speaking like English? Oh, and and the, yeah, you need subtitles or you um, don't. American, well, no, in England they don't. I guess they some they very very rarely subtitle Irish people, but. But for the most part, they, they never do. But over here, they, like, the slightest bit of an accent speaking English, they're like, nah, put, put subtitles on that shit. That's fucking incredible. God, <laughs> the BBC. Just the UK in general. Um, yes. the, reason, the reason we got into the British thing was, like, uh, you know, I didn't grow up shooting pistols and stuff, and now we're talking about our, our uh, CCP supporting Chinese optics. Yes. But, um, <laughs> made by probably uh, probably children. Who work in a factory oh, with, with suicide nets? But ah. Jesus Christ, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I find that's so ironic because some of the most popular guns here too are Norinco, which is state-owned Chinese. Ooh. And, oh, oh yeah. yeah, Canada moment. 
Canada moment, uh, the Norenko Type 97s, which are directly based off the Chinese service rifle, just chambered in 5.56, are super common here. The Type 81, which is their one of their older service rifles, which is based off like it's a weird mashup of the SKS and AK. They're legal what here. The fuck? Super common. Yeah, no, they're they're weird. They're super weird. Hmm. Uh, take, like, take a look it up, like a Norinco Type 81. They're weird looking. That has a space of extreme ignorance for me because I, you know, even in England, I never eyed up. Uh, I was never like, oh yeah, maybe I'll move to a Commonwealth country. I was always like, if I do move somewhere, it's going to be the States. So I never looked into what the gun laws really were like. But it's kind of interesting the fucked situation you have in in Commonwealth countries like like Canada. New yeah. Zealand used New Zealand used to be pretty interesting with gun laws. Yeah, I think didn't they just like ban all semi-autos with an executive order? Yep, yep. Uh the the current fucking communist in charge, Jacinda, whatever the fuck her name is. Yeah. Uh, she she really clamped down after the mosque shoot and um, it went from overnight I mean, I, I'm not sure what the rate of compliance was. I'm pretty sure it was shit. It was really, so, really low. But... Yeah, which which I love. And from from what I saw, and I, I really didn't dig into it too much, it looked like they were doing a few door-to-door stops where it was like, where, where people were over about like, oh yeah, I've still got my guns, fuck you. And they're like, nah, we're gonna we're gonna knock on your door with, with guys in kit. That, I hate that. Dude, I fucking hate that. <laughs> Is, what the fuck? Isn't that like a new thing in Canada? Uh, new new gun law stuff coming out oh there dude there has been for a while i still i, I, I know it's like a constant onslaught even more so than everywhere else in the world yeah. but um like in response to the new york thing wasn't there a push to do more stuff i don't think so there there was another law that came into effect but it's been coming down the pipe i i think they they use the new york thing to kind of harp on about it and make it seem like a new thing but oh, it's okay. actually been you know, on the book since 2019, I believe, where every time you sell or buy a gun, um, you have to take a written record of it and you have to call the RCMP to verify the other person's a legal gun owner. Oh, dude, that that's how selling a gun is in England. Yeah, no, it's, it's you, dumb. You have to write it off one firearm uh, certificate onto another. And yeah, <laughs> when I left England, I sold mine a little bit unofficially. And, <laughs> and then I moved here and I got... Uh, it was funny, like two years into moving here, I got an email from uh, from the firearms officers in Britain, and they were like, "Hey, where are your guns?" And I just, I just never responded. Ah, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, no, serious. I was like, figure it out. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> None of your business, bad boy. Yeah, seriously. But, yeah, I think the compliance rate's going to be really low, but like the end game, I think the feds are a little smarter than they let on, because they they know a lot of these laws aren't going to be enforced very well and they're not going to be complied with but that's not the end game the end game is to chip the end game is to make it as inconvenient and awful as possible so new people don't get into it create as many barriers of entry and regulations that uh accredited businesses have to go through to make it as expensive and annoying and hard as possible to get into oh yeah like all of these, you know, the the fucking millions of new gun owners we have in the U.S. is being hampered by all of the, you know, prices alone. Like everything is so grossly inflated. People are like, oh my god, shooting's expensive. How have you been doing this this long? It's like it didn't used to be this way. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're coming in during the dark times instead of the the before four times where you know you could plink with two two three and yeah, and every trigger pull Just didn't hurt you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> 
Dude, uh. during the pandemic, I, I was kind of laughing a little, like bitter laughing. Uh, you guys, <laughs> you were buying 223 and 556 and whatnot for like a buck or more around. Yep. But because, and th- this is like the, the silver lining to a really fucking dark cloud, um, <laughs> because everything was shut down and all of the ARs got banned and whatnot. Um, well, the AR-15s, AR-18s kind of slowly took their place. Um, That's such a weird thing. It's so weird. You could get 223 here, um, just a box of herders, which is just like off-brand win- like a Winchester white box, essentially, for about 50 se- cents US around. You yep. could buy that until very recently. And just, I want to say a couple months ago, it jumped up to $120 a box from 75 So the oh, price almost fuck. doubled. Do you think that's fuckery or just supply and demand? I, I think if I had to guess, um, the distributors probably signed with a contract to deli- to sell it at a certain price point, And now they know they can extort it a little more. Now the black rifle market has kind of recovered. Hmm. So it's probably a little bit of both. Like powder is more expensive. Brass is more expensive. Everything is more expensive. So when it came time to re-sign the contract, they could uh, charge a little bit more, a lot more. And people will pay it. So here's something I'm interested in, because like, I feel like in countries such as the ones that we were unfortunate enough to be born in, a lot there's people who have our kind of mindset, it is inevitable that they will move countries. Like, uh, so way, way back when, and this will make some people laugh, I attended a Libertarian Party uk meeting <laughs> in, in in britain and i got there and there was like five people i was the fifth and the four the other four people uh they were like um you know we, we got into talking and they were all very much like you know like like their pot like their guns all that good stuff hate their taxes uh want their mcnukes and uh so they, they were like talking about colorado and stuff and i'm like oh you guys planning on making a move like, yeah, we're looking at leaving in, like, the next six months, um, but, you know, would you be interested in taking over the meetings? I'm like, Pfft. It was, like, the first meeting I'd ever gone to. Yeah. And everyone was moving to the U.S. And I was like, dude, I'm, I want to go to Arizona. <laughs> so, like, all the, every single person that turned up was planning on leaving the country. No, dude, it's fucking true. And, and I, I feel that must be, like... There's definitely the the Canucks out there who will stick it out because they they love where they're from and I respect the fuck out of that. But yeah. um, so many people are becoming like freedom refugees, and uh, so I'm wondering with the you know the constant onslaught and the I, I presume probably equal to American resistance to uh, gun infringements in Canada, I is the black rifle like demand diminishing? Because you said it recovered, but like. It's doing. What, what does well. it look like? What does that culture look like in Canada? It's hard to say because it's so far away from the surface. But I, mm. you see, every once in a while, you'll see glimpses of it. You'll uh, yeah. go to a range and you'll see like range marks, like spray painted into the ground, and like piles of five five six casings. <laughs> um, you'll you'll see like silhouette targets and like hastily packed up stuff that shouldn't have been there. Yeah, yeah. Um, guys like fucking resistance fighters. Yeah, you'll you'll talk to people at the gun store and like there's there's this big unspoken community, but and I, I don't spend a lot of time online and it's enough. There's enough out there that I think if you put your head up too much, you get schwacked. Yeah, it's, 
it's very easy to talk about. And I really respect the people who do to talk about like, oh, you know, if it's time to say you lost your guns in a boating accident, it's it's time to use them. But like, that's a lot easier to say that in America than a country that I think ostensibly has already lost all its all its way. Well, and that that's a big component. And a lot of people say the same thing to me. They're like, oh, well, why didn't you stay in Britain? Like, you know, it's your job to make it better. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like, dude, there is no demand <laughs> to make no. it better. No, and, 100%. Like, you can go out there with your pamphlets and, and you know, I, I was trying to be an activist in Britain and just fucking no one gives a shit. No like, one the, gives a shit. The British NRA are somehow more cucked than the american nra i mean both are controlled opposition as far as i'm concerned yeah no but, um here. but jesus christ they i don't know why they exist they they literally organize competitions and that is it they're not yeah. uh they're not a rights organization they're like a shooting club yeah with, with membership dues and um where was i going with this i i i just i, I just thought of the nra and i saw red but, um, you know, a, a funny thing in Britain is because the situation is so cucked over there, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on here before, but um, there was a time period, I think maybe 2015 or so, when the culture war shit was kind of ramping up and uh, gun rights were a big thing. And it might have been might have been after the London Bridge attack with the Narwhal Tusk or whatever the fuck that was. I so that, yeah. th th there, there was some like uh, terrorist attacks happening in England and the conversation of, um, you know, carrying to defend yourself was actually vaguely floated. And it was like, hey, maybe we should let, you know, veterans and military carry or something. Yeah. Like, just, just a few more responders instead of just armed police. And, uh, or maybe people are responsible for themselves. And it just didn't die yeah. anywhere. It was like, we're not America. We'll just continue to get stabbed in the street. We don't, yeah, you know. We'll continue to get acid thrown on our yes. face. <laughs> At least our schools aren't shooting galleries. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that meme with like the the fish with horrible teeth. Yeah, yeah. I, I've <laughs> that that hurts me on a deep level, but I'm yeah. willing to I'm willing yeah. to accept it, um, dude. It's so fucked. And, and people, like, I will stand by, and this has come up in the podcast before, most people don't care that much about guns. They'll be... They'll, well, even like, in America, they don't. Like, everyone acts like America is the number one spot for gun rights. There's so many people here who are like, I support the Second Amendment. You don't have a fucking clue, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> they think the Second Amendment is, like, shooting bottles, you know, on public yeah. land. And, yeah. uh, oh, and 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 having the right to four five five, and I I can go to go shoot some coke cans, like yeah yeah they they literally you know because thanks to the NRA in large part they've been yeah. they've been coached to think that AR-15s are sporting rifles they're yeah. not weapons of war they're not weapons of war yeah and uh, and we wouldn't use them for such a thing and and uh, the Second Amendment is for home defense deer hunting and teaching your kids to follow up in the same cucked kind of culture that you've been. Yeah, like, like they they shifted over like fifty years from like proper riflemen in the woods to hey, it's for sporting. Like, yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? I, I remember Lucas uh, T Rex Arms. Lucas was talking about that. Like, yeah, the, the big sin, the one thing that this company should have done was they put a sporting rifle fifteen or something like that. It was like a um, 
but I'm inclined to agree with that. The the fact that the conversation got away from no, these are weapons of war. These are designed to fight back against tyrannical government. You should have the right to own them. To no, it's just a semi-automatic sporting rifle. You can use it to hunt deer and varmints. It's good for hunting those thirty to fifty wild feral hogs. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like dude, like it's it's a tool and it's a it's a versatile tool if you build out yeah. your rifle right. But its primary purpose it is a weapon of war. Yeah, and, and our, our it should have that. Yeah, a hundred percent. It and it should have that third position. It's <laughs> you know, like, well, you, anyone listening to this knows where I, I said. I, I think you should be able to have the right to have like a suppressed belt fed delivered to your doorstep. Um, <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I really hate the the constant stepping back that so many Americans have adopted, and it. I, yeah. I, 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 I was it, we should be on, on the s- attack, not the defense. Sorry, go on. Yes. No, no, no. Absolutely right. We should be on the attack for our rights. We should be gaining... And, and you know, as an anarchist, I hate the idea of gaining our rights back. Because yeah. this is important, everyone. You can practice all of your natural rights today. As long yeah. as you're clever about how you go about it. 100%. And, and you don't you don't need to fight it in court to live your life. <laughs> you might yeah. have to fight it in court if you if you get caught living your life, but um, you know this this is this is America. It's a big country, and policing is not quite at the Big Brother level they want you to think it is. Yeah, it's and yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to I don't want to go too wild with that. But I, I mean, can just hear Mitch right now listening to this episode, just like cringing into himself. Ah, it'll be all right. He, he'll, he's, uh, he'll deal with it. This is your fault, Mitch. What's what's that Pinocchio thing? Like, uh, your strings are no longer... You've got no strings on me, I think? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, now that he's out of the military, at least, it's like, he's a he's a free citizen. Let the man, let the man do as he pleases. I, I just want him to smoke a joint. So I'm going <laughs> to pause this again for a second, because I want to talk oh, yeah, to no. you about something. Oh, yeah, no worries. Hey, do you guys like war belts? <laughs> well, let me tell you about a super high military grade army spec <laughs> war belt from one of our most near and dear sponsors advanced warfighter solutions not only are they super high military grade and quality they are also civilian grade and quality and actually really fucking cool belts i highly recommend that you get one i've been using mine for years even long before aws has been a sponsor of this podcast so if you use code art and war 10 you can save some I think it's $10 off of uh, AWS SMU Warfighting Belt. We don't get any kickback from that. You just save money, and they're a, they're an awesome company that also contributed to Nathan's iPad fund because he needed a new iPad. So good for them. They're really cool. Thank you very much. Thanks, AWS. Hey, this is Mitchell with Seaburn Art. Did you know that we have a Patreon? We do have a Patreon, and there's a ton of cool things there super cool things and nathan's gonna tell you about them hey guys nathan here from the art and war podcast here to tell you about patreon um there's a a 24-hour korean massage parlor several blocks from my house and i go there for happy endings it gets pretty expensive and i need you to donate me money so i can continue to to serve my dark um 
my dark addiction. Not only can you help Nathan get hand jobs from Koreans, you can also help us continue to improve the quality of content that we do. You get merch now after a couple months of being a Patreon subscriber, which is cool. We also have stickers and we also have high res downloadable targets that you can download sent to Staples and get weird looks when you print them out to bring them to your range and shoot. Also, all of our guides, all of our guides are downloadable high res so if you want to print them out and make a cool little book yeah you can go for that too you can find our patreon via the link in this episode's description or in the c bernard page's bio or instagram now let's get back to the show fuck what were we talking about a second God, you're, you're like you're like oh yeah less work for you if we just pause no then, motherfucker we'll forget we'll forget exactly what we were talking about so many you- things I'm really enjoying this, like, what is it like in other countries compared to here? And what is the culture like? And you're absolutely right. Most of the people I know who actually take this stuff seriously have left, have, like, joined government agencies in which they can kind of get away with less and less and less. It's the worst fucking thing. And I almost fell into the same pipeline. And so many people do. And I'll I'll explain why that's a dog shit idea. (laughs) Because so, like, uh, for those who don't know, a long time ago, I was looking at becoming an officer in the British Army, and I was I was doing the thing. I was through my tra- like going through my training and stuff. And uh, some of the people that I was surrounded by, I was like, "Oh, these are going to be gun people, right?" We yeah. were like, "Shoot!" For some fucking ignorant reason, I just assumed that it would be kind of part of the culture once you're in that pipeline. Um, you know, everyone's kind of into their shooting and their marksmanship, and it's kind of part of the part of the professionalism of the thing. And people just don't have a fuck. Like, they they have no idea what they're doing. I had an instructor try to rip a Glock apart because he couldn't figure out how to detach the slide. I'm like, this is... And, and when, I, when I talk to people about shooting, they would look at me like I'm mental. And I'm like, dude, we're wearing, we're wearing fucking camo right now. Like, we can talk about shooting and marksmanship. And people just... Yeah, it's literally part of your job. Yeah, if we weren't qualifying... <laughs> or like you know in even in the field like people people don't give a fuck about that stuff it's not important to them they're there for like a lot of the people are there for the prestige of the thing and like more the all of that bullshit and i'm like what the fuck no forget this and yeah. but uh, on on the flip side of that you you're quite right like a lot of people in uh, in cucks countries like myself if but before i moved um you're like the only way that I can practice something that I have a great interest in, like marksmanship or weapons handling and all, all tactics, all that kind of thing, is to become, you know, a state property. I've, I've got to, I've got to join a, a government agency of some description, or the military. And uh, like I, there was a, a, and this was a long time ago. There was a time when I, I wanted to become like a london metro fucking police sniper or some shit slash firearms instructor and uh fucking disgusting but uh that was the only way i could think to to put my my skill set and interest to use back then because it's it's exceptionally rare to have firearms knowledge and experience in in england i don't know it's it's fucking weird how you just if that is your primary interest at, you know, like I'd say it is for both of us aside from creative stuff. Yeah. Like, and you're, and you live in a country. And I think this, this is important for people to hear while gun culture still exists in America is to fight like hell for it. Because once it's extinguished and you have a few generations who are so detached from a gun being a tool and a part of everyday life. Like yeah. I was fortunate for it to still be a thing for me growing up in rural England that 
you know, like I, I would clean guns with my dad regularly and we'd go out and take care of, you know, deer and rabbits on people's property. And I had a suppressor on my, my gun from when I was like fucking 10, you know, ah, like, like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was incredible. And, uh, I want my kids to grow up like that, you know, yeah. and, and their kids to grow up like that. But when that culture gets extinguished and demonized and the second I, you know, the second I went to like college and stuff, I'd always grown up rurally and even then, like, shooting wasn't incredibly common, but all my friends, like, everyone had an uncle with a shotgun or something like that. But there wasn't, there was already that, the culture was already dead, effectively. Like, it's not normal, it's not something you can talk about without someone kind of, like, pulling some faces at you, or yeah. thinking you're a, a psycho. It's like, dude, I shoot marksmanship, it's the same as archery or fucking running or whatever the, you know... It, dirt biking it's the same as any skill set or interest but yeah oh well uh, br they they kill people they <laughs> like oh well, that's the difference oh like that, oh that, well we... that's the difference i mean same yeah. as like you know pe people doing motocross and I, I knew people who killed themselves doing that and people you know like horrible horrific injuries from sports and stuff yeah. it's like I, I wonder how many people have been killed but with like fencing swords or bows and arrows over human history or <laughs> God, just like fists, martial arts, anything. Well, well uh, f fists definitely kill like infinitely more people than, uh, you know, than guns, but yeah, but numbers are boring. It's your natural, right? Fuck the statistics. Yes. Who also, yeah. Who, big thing. Who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> like, like I, the numbers I, are on our side. So it's, it is important to like make that point. Yeah, but, but at the same time, but, it shouldn't matter. Even if they were not on our side, I would not give a shit. There, there's numbers should not be the crux of your argument. Like, and and that's not saying like, oh, make an emotional appeal instead. It's like, no, it, it's it's just just you're right because the alternative is saying only a special select elite few deserve right to uh, to have an, a monopoly on violence, which is exactly fucking terrifying, and it's what you see in the countries we're from. You know exactly. Oh my god, and and the uh, the pushes now to regulate speech in basically every developed country, but it's ha happened a lot faster, I believe, in Canada and the UK. Dude, Canada has gone leaps and bounds ahead of even England. I mean, we were arresting people at the border over free speech stuff, but Canada, like, freezing people's bank accounts and saying, no, you don't get to eat today. Yeah. With their, with their, you, own, their own fucking blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. They are... They are disabling your access from your labor yeah which is fucking insane oh dude they they didn't even try and hide it and no no they, they were like proud about it they were like yeah, yeah we, we have done this like, yeah. what? like oh we're stopping those terrorist seditionist insurgents and again i i said this on a previous episode it's like the people i know who went there and I, there were people from all walks of life all walks i know some people who are kind of conservative i know some people who are like kind of granola hippies yeah. um, this is all anecdotal i'm sure there were bad people i'm sure there were good people from the the like footage and live streams i saw it was just a complete mix and it seemed like like any fucking demonstration yeah and next thing you know you have like horses trampling people and people's bank accounts are getting frozen <laughs> and yeah and then it's like why do you need that ar-15 huh i fucking yeah. wonder yeah exactly <laughs> Like, I know a few people, and it's like, I, I plan on moving still, and I, I know people ask a lot, like, oh, when, when's it going to happen? Like, it'll happen when it happens. Yeah, It's, yeah. it's absolutely happening. Moving countries is a bitch. A lot of people it's, ask me about it's that, too. <laughs> yeah, they're like, like, how do I move countries? Ah, <sighs> fuck, dude. It, there, there's no, like, ABC 
guide to it. You gotta. Yeah. It, it, it's. I mean, Christ, yeah. especially if you're doing it on a work visa or something. It's, exactly. it's a whole journey. Yeah, and I, I live like a four-hour drive from the border. It is not hard to get to America. I've been in America a bunch since all of this shit. Um, it, it's happening, and I I love it. I love it. I love it. But the I think there is no greater folly than just like jumping into it blind. Um, yeah. But I know some people who have moved and I've known some people who've like doubled down and invested their life and, you know, like quit their jobs, put their life savings into like, oh, we're, we're going to have a great awakening. Like people, we're going to bring people around. People are going yeah. to realize everything's tyrannical and so-and-so. And the two people that I know from here that really invested their lives into it and kind of put all their eggs in that basket both of them are basically destitute now. Like they, they have ruined, they, they well, burned through their savings and are like living with their significant others, basically in the basement writing manifestos. Wait, wait, so were the account bank accounts frozen or what, what happened? Um, I don't know what happened to their bank accounts specifically. Uh, oh, I, were they the sort that might have got their accounts frozen? Yes. Uh, people's accounts the, that I know, like all the people I know whose accounts were frozen, um, were eventually unfrozen. It didn't even take very long. Not, not that that's okay to begin with, you know. It, well, no, uh, no, but but just because it's you know it's it's shaking your fucking big stick around and being like, I could shut you down. Yeah, I I could unperson you like that. Yeah, and, it's like, and how many people live pay, paycheck to paycheck? It's like eighty to ninety percent of America. Yeah, lives paycheck to paycheck. Imagine, um, like it, it's a pretty pretty big fucking uh hey do what we say otherwise your next paycheck may not come in you can't get access to your bank account you can't get access to anything and there's this big push for digital currency as well and and tied to digital ids and this is yeah, yeah, yeah. state crypto yeah <laughs> dude uh there, there's this article from the financial post talking about how canada has in beta right now a uh like a central bank authorized blockchain currency in beta and sake. it says in the article, and I'm just presenting this all as a good thing, that like suspicious transactions will be immediately reported to law enforcement. And the end game is to get rid of physical currency entirely. Like this isn't conspiracy theory. This is in the Financial Post article, directly quoting the head of the Bank of Canada. Well, it's just like all well, this world. Uh, I don't want to go on like a World Economic Forum spiel because oh dude let's fucking do it let's fucking <laughs> no do it. no we've done like three other or two of those yeah. now all i wanted all i wanted to say on that stuff was um you know all of that stuff is published it's it's not like hidden away somewhere it, it's yeah they like, put no, it up they're like this is happening yeah suck my dick yeah, 100%. Like, what the fuck? The, no. the amount of stuff that they, they straight up say, and then if if you point out any of it, it's like, oh no, that's a conspiracy theory. Like, oh, yeah, no. they'll, they'll turn around and gaslight you when you're yeah. reading their own published stuff back to them. <laughs> yeah, it's like you straight up can co copy paste like <laughs> the Agenda 2030 stuff, and they're like, oh no, that's crazy, that's crazy. And then it's on the UN's website, word for word. And then they're t they're talking about it, <laughs> dude. the The amount of like, <laughs> the amount of Kaczynski's being made right now is insane. Oh, so many people like you can't put people under this kind of psychological pressure and like gaslight just just fucking tens of millions of people yeah. on like like hey you're a bad person and we're gonna kick you while you're down and you're destitute and hey if you if you 
protest the boot on your neck you're a terrorist it's like like and and it's gone from it's gone and touched everything from like the how you educate your children to how you get food what you put in your body you know like what what you what you're allowed to say and it's yeah. like, what is the future of that dude it's not <laughs> going to be good it's, it's no, not. exactly we're, we're and, and, very rapidly reaching a boiling point that we've kind of avoided talking about in this show but <laughs> like i i it can't be good it it can't be good when it, whenever this reaches to a head like it's it's either going to end with just absolute like orwellian tyranny not that we're not already there or it's going to end live on the, the the baby steps of that yeah yeah but um i i truly think it's going to come down to like a like a cultural Bundy Ranch standoff, you know? Yeah. Like, like not saying it's going to be people drawing guns on each other at every corner of the country, but it's going to be a lot of people saying, like, you know, either you're in or you're out. And like you were saying about those people in Canada that you know of who are now destitute and stuff, it's not going to be a fucking good time. But it's either plug in and um, you'll own nothing and be happy. <laughs> or... It's make your own destiny. And that's really fucking terrifying because that's a lot of work. You just got to eat the bugs, homie. Just got to eat, <laughs> yeah, like, just eat the bugs and sleep in the bugs. Protein. But um, no, I, I don't want to do that. And uh, it's, it's scary and unfortunate that it's gotten to a point where so many people are now leaving their countries. And it's a lot of people make comment on this, like I was saying a, li a little bit ago, um, moving to America instead of like fixing your own country or whatever. And it's like, there there needs to be a massive cultural change, like yeah. 60s cultural revolution kind of thing. But, um, you know, on, on a lot of things, like on, on individualism and all sorts of stuff like that and, and liberty. But, and, and I'm not talking, you know, whenever when everyone hears revolution, they think, you know, standing on a pile of rubble with a, with a rifle. I'm talking just unplugging and taking some responsibility for yourself and, and your future, like, you know, teaching your kids the values you want them to know and making yourself sustainable on your own without these awful <laughs> grocery stores putting all this uh christ the, the fat Shit. people industrial complex yes the the that's, fat people industrial complex that, that is, that's Just my favorite all this shit we got a, a dm from someone um yesterday <laughs> uh and he, he's from spain he's talking about like when, when he's in spain there's like 10 different kinds of uh cereal and in america it's 50 plus it's yeah it's and, and like that stuff is coming to Europe. Like oh, England, is. England is obese as fuck because we yeah. we are very Americanized, and the NHS subsidizes people. That have you ever seen? I don't know if this has happened in Canada, but in England, people will literally eat themselves to death. Like they they will they will get like to like fucking five hundred six hundred pounds or something. They can't leave their bed. They're just a blob and there's there's news stories you can look it up of people being cut out of their houses and moved on the backs of trucks to be taken to the hospital the industrial revolution and its consequences have been disastrous for the human race that is, not, that is not what a hunter gatherer with a big brain and you know two legs is meant to exist as no we're, we're not to be meant to be like this that we're not meant to be like this and that that's that's the thing um like all all of the systems that we have are designed to keep us like this and and like when it comes to things like mental illness and obesity and all of these 
things. And you know, you know, my sister's a doctor, and I, I love her to death. And she's an incredibly intelligent person. But the institutions that be, and you know, medical school and everything else, I'm, not, I'm never going to say I'm smarter than a doctor. But the default is a pill. The default is a quick response to whatever ails you at the time. Yeah. You're depressed. Here's a pill. You are fat. Well, like everyone will say, oh, well, go get some exercise and maybe eat a little better. And then it, it doesn't seem to help anyone. All right, here's a pill. Here's well, well, because diet, you know, diet is never brought up. It's like it's like, oh yeah, go go and go and run and stuff. And they're like, oh yeah, I'll do that. You know, and they, they might go for a run a week or something. Yeah, it's not working. Yeah. And then they just keep on eating the same shit. And it's like, yeah. Dude, All right, it's not works. working. Fat acceptance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, like, hey, don't don't make me work. Like, I don't want to. You know that that's that's harmful to me. <laughs> yeah. But so many of these awful, awful, like epidemics. Like, there's no other word. Like the mental health epidemic, the obesity epidemic. All of these things could be treated with. And I, I've said this before, and I'll fucking say it again. I will die <laughs> in this hill. You rest well, you eat well, you fucking go outside and you touch grass, you exercise, you get a little bit of sunlight, and I guarantee, fucking guarantee, like, Mitch says sports, I I would be inclined to agree with that, that would would force people to do, like, three of the four of those things. Yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, but, I mean, you know, for, for us, it's going outside. Like for, for yeah. me, it's rocking, and same yeah. for you. You know, Likewise. like it's... I'm doing a 30k on Sunday, and I'm really excited for Fucking it. Fucking hell, <laughs> hell yeah, dude! I just um, got mystery ranch. It kicks ass. Oh no, I saw that. I saw that. I've, I'm just rocking. All of my stuff is uh, surplus. Someone asked me. Hey, what packs do you use? I'm like, dude, everything's fucking European surplus. Oh, dude, yeah. No, I, I can't blame you. It's. The- so well, not, not, like, not British. British is like, well, I, I like like the DPM stuff, but uh, yeah. no, Dutch gear is very based. Yeah. Hon- honestly, man, like surplus, like when it comes to load bearing gear um, and rucksacks and cold weather gear, the military usually gets it right. At least like usually, in the ballpark. Like, you, you do have to keep in mind, like yeah. someone, someone's selling you a pack. You know, it might be like a, a private company eyeing up private individuals, yeah, it might be four to five hundred bucks, but they give a fuck about your business. Yes, <laughs> the uh, the, lo- the lowest bidder who got that government contract doesn't really give a fuck if you have uh, service related injuries or not. Yeah, a hundred percent. So uh, saying that, I still like my uh, my Dutch Bergen, but um, we'll see. We'll see if it fucks me up over time. I really, I'd love a Crossfire bag because those look badass. And the yeah, yeah, the uh, Crossfire Australia. They have like a, I think it's just a, an external frame that you can get separate of the bag too. But um, they've got this lightweight oh. like polymer frame or something. And it's like yeah. uh, and it, 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 it holds the dry bag. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You could well you. It's like a like a what do you call it? The one that Americans love. Fuck, I've got one. I've literally got one bag. An old Alice, Alice bag. bag. Yes, Jesus yes. I, I was issued one of them. They were great. I was gonna say you got you were probably uh probably rocking like uh tin helmets up until like the twenty tens or something, right? <laughs> oh homie, dude. Uh <laughs> fucking I, I remember going on exercise and just like looking like I walked out of Vietnam. Like the gear was that's, just That's the thing. What what was that standoff with the natives that uh Oka Crisis. The Oka Crisis. I shit I you lo- not we had the like it as early as the mid two thousands we were still getting issued the same shit. 
when was the Oak Crisis? Do you remember? I think that was ninety. It was in the nineties. Um, Crisis. Yeah, ninety. To <laughs> see that that doesn't surprise me. Like Did you, you see that Gary's wearing? Like he he's got woodland on. Um, I love that. I love that the natives like they they went their own route and got more modern gear than the actual than government the actual forces, fucking military, which is how it should be. Every yeah. single fucking one of you listening needs to have not just mil spec, but better, much better than mil spec. Yeah, straight <laughs> up. P- people who are listening, fucking, you know what you should do right now? Plan a rock march. <laughs> no, seriously, grab somebody's. It doesn't have to be a rifle if you live somewhere. Yeah. shit. Dude, just, uh, on Sunday, I'm not bringing a rifle. I'm going on this fucking wilderness trail. If I bring a rifle, someone's going to... Like, there's, there's <laughs> going to be a, like a SWAT team and a helicopter. Is, is um, there anywhere in Canada you could do that? Is there any public land? Or would it, it you have to be out there you, with like a hunting license? Or It depends where you are. I like this particular trail that I'm going on because it's it's like a wilderness trail. It is yeah. not... Like, it, it is a lot of changes in elevation. There's no distinct... <laughs> But in case of like a medical situation or something, we're still enough on the grid that. Oh, good. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, in case but, of a medical situation, it's yeah. all over. But I, I live in a really cucked province where you have to have like a, a hunting permit for whatever sort of animal your like rifle would uh, correspond to at the. Time. I was going to say so you can if you carried an AR like like. Just hypothetically. If I was carrying an AR-18, <laughs> the, hypothetically, uh, standard, it's like they, they've kind of taken over the for the AR-15s here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was had a varmint hunting permit. I could theoretically get away with it. Okay, um, okay. But I, like, it would be you'd have- like, and you'd probably get in some shit if if you ran into the wrong cop. Yeah. Um, and no, no one wants to like take that risk. Oh yeah, that, that's what I'm curious about because uh, a lot of people like ask me, "Oh, how do I train when I live in you know like a cucked place?" Yeah, and you know it's a good question because like, uh, fucking Redbeard was talking about uh, Redbeard Tactical was talking about um, civilians should have uh, should have familiar should familiarize themselves as much as they can with not just the weapons they can get access to. But you know, like uh, like the MGs on the National Guard trucks and yes. and stuff like that, because it's 100%. like in a shit hits the fan situation, like a true shit hits the fan situation. You know that stuff. It's gonna be kind of a little bit fucky where that line ends on on what yeah. you're gonna have access to. You know, you might you should know how to like the basics. I absolutely agree, and like clearing and uh, operating a belt fed is an entirely different beast yeah. than just your regular like DI rifle or any semi-auto rifle. I thought, just yeah, like, I fucking. Love, I just the love that point. actions for it are just fucked. Um, <laughs> easy to get the hang of them, but like, you can't just tap right, bang it. It's yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, fucking <laughs> getting in there. Yeah. Oh, homie. Uh, you see the uh, there's a video, and I, you know, let's assume the guy had an SOT or a FFL. <laughs> uh, guy bought a uh, an FN two forty nine. Oh, I just shared this on my story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's probably where where, uh, where I saw it. He just dremeled out the, uh, <laughs> the auto blocker. The, like the, the first graphic is like "cry about it, Reagan" or something. <laughs> yeah, dude, that um... and, and like the idea of having it because support weapons are so fucking important. They are. That's something I I really want to put together something about that because uh, God, there's someone who puts together. I'll find it. 
because uh, I can't just say this on this platform and not shout the guy out. But uh, let's find it. Here it is. Um, so there's this account called Battle Order. Yeah. On on Instagram, do you follow them? Uh, no, I'll do that right now. They uh, so they put up graphics and they kind of uh have like the arrangement of weapons for like various uh, oh, roles yes. in like a you know an infantry team like a section whatever it might be an infantry squad in this case and uh they do it for various countries and they'll show like the graphics of what the setups will be so this is with like the uh the new sig rifles so you have like the m5 the m250 um i think that's the only two variants yeah and uh and basically what their their loadout would be for uh you know their main their main guns and sidearms and stuff and i was like It'd be really cool to get, and it wouldn't be perfect, it's going to change depending on what your situation is, but it'd be really cool to put together some stuff like that for uh, for civilians. Be like, because we, we talked about this a little bit on one of our recent outings in the woods, and it's like, like uh, people who had, you know, LPVOs, you want them further out on the edges of your wedge, um, and then people more inward, you, you know, like, d- depending on what you're, what people just happen to have, you want them probably closer to the front for uh you know closer engagements and stuff and then if you have someone with you know a bolty and a higher caliber or maybe you know a 762 or you have an ar with drum like a couple drum mags on a guy's person something like that just so you can switch up those roles and not just have you know eight riflemen but actually different roles and people have different jobs to do if you make contact it'd be cool to figure out that kind of thing but uh i all of that stuff, I love that we're getting into that part of the gun culture thing now. That these, like, it's it's no longer like, um, you know, when you get together a group of guys to train, you're all just mag dumping in the trash. Like, people are, people are really starting to get it where, oh, I, small unit tactics is important and having some kind of idea of what that would actually look like if we had to implement it is now not just, like, LARPing. Cause like what what Grand Thumb what what Mike said recently was uh you know it, it's LARPing until you're not like they are in Ukraine like they exactly like a few a few months ago what fucking little over eighty days ago you had uh you had civilians walking through uh abandoned buildings with you know wooden Lots cutouts of, of AK yeah yeah, yeah and, and and sticks and and shit like that or whatever whatever they could find to to play a gun and it's very fucking real now. Yeah, a hundred percent. Something that um, I'm going to recommend quickly, just because of, you know, relegate your costs to where you can. A lot of people can't afford to just like mag dump 556 on all that stuff. Um, Airsoft has been surprisingly good for (laughs) like... Have you you been doing some? Yeah, dude, I I got a... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you got your setup. Yeah, it's built built as a, a pretty faithful representation, like set up with the one to six, the offset, you know, general yeah, light. Yeah. And I, I'm quite happy with it. And I, I haven't really played, but what I what I'm finding is for basic drills where you're focusing on like team communication and things like that. For example, breaking contact. Yeah. Fill your magazines to thirty rounds. And you're not going to get everything. You're not going to get the same, you know recoil impulse and yeah you're not you're not going to like smack the bolt you know you don't have to rack it unless it's i guess a gas one or something but you can goon around with these all day and just like run drills or 
rock or do whatever. Um, well, on, on top of that, if you're doing so, we we've done some uh, breaking contact drills and stuff like live fire out in the desert, and depending on who you're doing it with, like if you're with a bunch of guys that you trust and you know you're all competent and and you have good communication and stuff, yeah, not a problem. But if you're if you're doing it with a bunch of new guys or even instructing a bunch of new guys, you don't know how that's gonna go. And you know, like shouting bang is all well and good, but um, you know, if you're if you're doing airsoft, you're actually going to run out of if you're using uh, what yeah. do they call them mid caps or whatever, where they have like more realistic yeah. amounts of BBs in them, yeah. um, instead of just the rattler ones. But um, yeah, you can you'll actually have to do mag changes. You'll have to you know shout out reloading and all that kind of stuff and practice uh supporting your buddies and yeah i mean a, uh, a few bottles of or you know a few few thousand bbs and, and doing all of that kind of thing it doesn't you know you can you can do plenty of very very fucking affordable dry runs and then do like a couple with you know live fire if you want to 100 percent, and be fucking golden yeah and uh, you, like you're not going to get very good accuracy out of them but yeah, it's yeah. enough to be able to know like when to break your trigger, when to, to uh, you'll, you'll kind of get some of the bait. Did you ever see that video? Um, T-Rex put it up a while ago. The, the uh, uh, Airsofter? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. What was his name? Do you remember? Liku Tactical. He, like, yeah. And, and that, they did a great job because uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I used to play Airsoft in Britain. And when I came here, I didn't fucking talk about it because it's is kind of an embarrassing thing or it, it was in the firearms industry plus yeah like and, and I, now. yeah like, no it, the cool thing in, in england it was a little bit different from america because even even your more standard matches like kind of just show up and everyone shows up with whatever you've got people some guys in world world war ii kit some guys in like ultra modern kit some guys yeah. in like fucking sci-fi shit whatever it might be you're still doing force on force and but yeah. what, what we were doing it was all rural it wasn't like you know abandoned strip malls and stuff like that and uh it was it's a very good mix of uh mixed ability group you've got people with fucking no clue what they're doing running around like some people would in a yeah. you know you know in that kind of scenario and then some people who were like we had some army lads who went hard and <laughs> i actually i learned so much as a as like a teenager from uh from these army guys like uh j just their small unit tactic stuff their communication how they sorted their kit i learned so much more and that's how i i i guess for a lot of people they might not see how i got from you know being a rural kid uh shooting bunnies with a suppressed 22 to to being into kit and shit but honestly airsoft did a lot for me because i i figured out how to how to you know put together molly stuff doing airsoft and yeah. how to what a sensible way to arrange a plate carrier was and all sorts of great stuff as a brit in england yeah you know, and it, like very affordably good, it's such a good pipeline and uh, i'm going to be really honest about the fact yeah do i want to indoctrinate people into it yes <laughs> i'm going to use that fucking word i'm trying to radicalize people into my viewpoint because I think my, <laughs> I, because I know my viewpoint is right. It's based on, yeah, it's based. Much. That's all you need to. All, <laughs> but no, um, um, no, like it, like it's real world stuff. Like having those, having the ability to set up your your plate carrier in a way that's not going to fucking suck to wear. Like having it all front heavy and nothing on the back, or or having your you know pouches in a way that doesn't work for you when you're under fire trying to grab, you know, like a a grenade or something that you need yeah like, i learned that 
as a teenager. Exactly. And, 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 and I'm sure, like, you know, Ukrainian airsofters, not saying, like, they're going to be fucking spec ops or any shit yeah. like that. But they're, but they're, they're going to have a little more experience than, like, yeah, like oh man, barista that just got drafted into service. Yeah, he was, like, sitting there fucking weeping because they, they were a man and turned away from running away at the border, <laughs> whatever the fucking situation is. But if, if you know how to set up your vest, you're like, hey, man, let me let me show you how to do that. You know, you're just, just basic knowledge like that will make a world of difference when you... Yeah especially if you have the ability to to share it and you know that's that's why we do what we do 100 percent, and it's surprisingly and, hard on kit yeah <laughs> no that's that's another great thing that's why i treat all of my gear like shit to this day is because i was running around like a little nutcase you know throwing myself into into brush and dirt and mud and shit because we often it was really good training in retrospect because it was muddy as fuck and like my cheap stuff would get destroyed and ruined yeah. Super <laughs> yeah and i i learned a lot about quality and about um about what i could do and you know it, it was humbled because like when you're when you're doing flat range stuff doesn't matter if you're you know 150 pounds or 400 pounds if you're running around nailing you know a zones and stuff you're gonna feel like a badass but the second there's people shooting at you even it's bbs but you yeah. run across open ground and you get fucking lit up you're like oh bad idea and we've been seeing that with uh I really fucking love what the T Rex Arms guys are doing with that. Like their their Milsim games, um like uh Josh and Drew and all of them. Cause you see them uh learning with other guys, you know, managing uh big open areas and stuff and be like, let's not do that. That's dumb and how they clear buildings and stuff. It's all very applicable and yeah. killer force on force training. It absolutely is. Which uh I think, you know, when I'm down there, we should get into it a little. I, yes. I, uh, no, I want to. I even if it's on about it, we'll, and yeah, we'll dip our toes in. We, we might do like an an event here and there as a as a threesome. But um, yeah. I, I mean, Mitch, Mitch May, he he's kind of a gimp, but yeah, yeah, he he might be uh supporting us from like a hundred meters back. Yeah, but uh, poor broken body. Yeah, but um, now nah, my dumbass probably wearing plates and everything. Oh but... no, straight up, <laughs> same here. I, I uh. Get get dumb, dude. I I've started even bringing my plate carrier to the fucking gym now and then. I don't give a fuck what people. No, think no about. it's like. Some, oh no, no, carry on. Go ahead. Like I'll, I'll take it on the stair climber. I'll take it doing fucking pull ups. I I don't care anymore. Uh, what was his? He's changed his name a few times. Um, he recently got banned. Uh, the Christian guy who does all the rocking. Who? That's like half of. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> they're, they're all based christian guys out doing god's work in the woods with, with re creating civilization with an axe the marauder project we we interviewed on emailish oh so uh what was i gonna say about him um oh something that he's brought up which i've found to be well uh, some people have found to be controversial with but i enjoy the debate around this i'm interested in your thoughts and, and our listeners thoughts um the marauder project uh he's talked about kind of not only reclaiming gun culture, but kind of that that militant lifestyle. So he'll he'll just go and do his shopping in like camo and shit, and you know that's just what he wears. That's just what he wears because he's he's a rural guy doing you know woodsman shit, and he's not gonna like get dressed up normal to go to the shop, and and he's not afraid that people are gonna be like, oh that guy might have a gun. He's like he's like anti gray man mentality, <laughs> and it, it's not like like wearing a gun on your hip. He's just like if if he wants to wear a smock to the to town he's he's gonna you know and i mean 
I find that an interesting discussion. That's interesting. Uh, when when I when I say I wear my play carry to gym, I do it as oh. a weight vest, and it looks yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's just because it, it it looks like a CrossFit vest, and I think that's what people assume. But I no it's stuff like that because we have seen like the increase of people wearing um you know military or or I don't want to say military um you know plate carriers while they're working out. Yeah. Yeah, it's become a common like fitness world thing, which I find dude, very dude, it's insanely common in, in the Southwest. Cause I mean, you know, already this culture, this cowboy culture is more open to seeing, you know, gun and gear related stuff just yeah. in, in public life. But, so like some people when they say like, Oh, you know, wearing a bag with Molly on the outside, I'm like, dude, yeah, dude, country- I, I can go to Winners right now, which is like an outlet store, and buy a bag with Molly on it. I can go to Adidas and buy like under our yeah. Yeah, and, it, yeah, and the, like it, that's it's part so of the fun. yeah, it, it's part of the culture shifting too. I think I, I for the better, like those kind of attachments are you know while they're utilitarian, it's also just kind of like those worlds blending a little bit. And I think that's a good thing. Yes, it, it shouldn't be like owning guns or being interested in firearm culture and liberty and all that. It shouldn't feel like some kind of fucking underground movement. Like dark yeah secret <laughs> yeah like yeah that's like that's how in england like once i once i went to college and i realized it wasn't normal like I, i'd always known it wasn't that common but like i had a real slap in the face when i got to art school which is something we can get into oh but, i'm so curious <laughs> holy fuck like if i if i mentioned any of that stuff i would be looked at like an alien and that is about as far away as you can get from you know the the anglo-saxon or the you know the, like the the guy in any ancient society practicing with his his bow and sword on a sunday you know yeah and we need to get back to that shit because <laughs> cops are not the solution no and the military isn't the solution you know they're, yeah like they're, they're they're things like concentrated power that can be wheeled against the everyman at the you know the slightest notice of uh whoever the fuck head in power is yeah as we saw in canada with the banks freezing and shit and then cops, like, cops trampling people with horses so it's like yeah and no, like, like did you see the the leaked police group chat talking about how like they're looking forward to uh like quote kicking some heads unquote fuck uh, me no yeah, i did not no, it, it was pretty fucked up but you know i mean, it, I mean like we like save these some people. The these people say they're just doing their job, but they're enthusiastic purveyors of violence who go much beyond what the job requires in yeah. almost, you know, well, in every country across the world. So, yeah. like that, it's not surprising, but you know, still, when you see that shit, it's like dude. it just it makes me sad, dude. It, it genuinely- yeah, no, it's it's like that's that's fucked. These yeah. people are treated like heroes, and a lot of people will join with good intentions, you know. Yeah. But the culture, it's you're given a fucking stick and told to control the sheep. Like, it was, what do you think's going to happen? Well, Stanford, remember the Stanford prison experiment? I was talking. <laughs> I, I do, because I edited like two and a half hours of you talking about it. Of me talking about it? <laughs> yeah, I, not, not two and a half hours, but yeah, yeah, last episode. Oh, yeah. No, um, I, I'm not going to get into it again if I've brought it up in a previous episode, which I. I last did. episode. Was it? <laughs> yes. With, with Colin? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm retarded. I can't stress this enough. But no, it's it's a good it's a good conversation because you give authority to anyone. 
they'll fuck it up eventually, and it, yeah. the results no, it are not good. Addictive. The end of who who was it that said like the end goal of all power is just that like holding on to power? I think it was George Orwell. I can't remember the exact quote. It's it's just the it's just the common sense. Like when you're fighting over the gun in the room, like eventually someone's gonna get a firm grasp of it, and bad shit's gonna. I mean, it, it's kind of a bit antithetical to the gun argument, but. The, for for the sake of the argument, like uh, everyone has it, a gun or no, or no, yeah. <laughs> you should throw that motherfucker out the window. Is what I'm trying to say. Like in, in the hypothetical where the world is six people fighting over a butted up gun on a table, <laughs> and you've you've got the kitchen window open, chuck that motherfucker out. Yeah, you know, and and the conversation gets a lot better. Or give all six of them a gun, and it'll it'll be the same result. But um, where am I going with this? Oh, the art school thing. I don't know. You wanna you wanna get into art school? Oh my god. I have a lot of thoughts about art school. I did not go to art school. I imagine That's, you did. Yeah, yeah. So we I think we occupy a strange space and you know, kind of kind of similar to the other artists we've had on this show. Or any anyone who works in the creative industry who's also at the least sympathetic to to gun rights and, and freedom and stuff. But um it's a strange place, man. It, it it is not friendly to anyone who doesn't curb the party line, and that's really sad. Like creatives should be free spirits, and historically were, and were the ones who said things that offended everyone else. But you know, planted a few seeds here and there. Yeah. And our school is definitely a place that is trying to hammer out perfect little squares. You know. Oh, dude, all of that. Just the same as any school. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, the second. Like I said, I went in ignorant of how political people were. I I went in just kind of being me, as I always had been, and had been encouraged to be. And uh, and I got to art school, which I thought would be very supportive of that. And the second that I realized I didn't have the correct opinions, and that there were correct opinions to have, I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm not welcome. <laughs> you know and and my whole my whole time doing my fucking degree i you know not not to not to be like woe is me and boohoo and shit cuz i expected as much you know, after the first year i was like oh it is what it is yeah but um you know we we live in a culture that is very fucking hostile to anything that's wrong think and it's already happened no it absolutely it has it's especially with within academia and the uh the systems which academia creates and yeah. i especially like you, you see it within you know corporate structures or politics or any anywhere else it's if you get anywhere or if you are anyone you have gone through that system yeah. it's self-perpetuating even if, if you need a degree or not you usually don't but you have to have one if you become a, a police officer where i am you have to have gone through university you need a degree it's if you're an officer it, it, in the military, uh, you need a degree. Yeah, it, it's it's like, well, have you been processed, or are, are you are you unprocessed? Oh, you haven't been processed. Okay, we can't trust you to to be a higher earner because who knows what you're going to do with that money. We can't trust you to be, you know, one of one of our drones in charge of the little drones. Yeah, like you know, like you no, need it, to be you, you need, need to be on board. Yeah, and, and a degree is proof of that. A degree is proof that you've you've been kind of especially if you have a like a i don't know it's different wherever you are but you know there's you can get different grades in your degree 
yeah you know like a different final outcome and all that kind of thing but um yeah if you want like a's and shit it means you were a very obedient good little drone usually more often than not you know occasionally occasionally you'll get uh, a based lecturer who has tenure and doesn't give a fuck and and you can talk about some real shit yeah I, I have one of those uh, the professor in my political violence class which yes was a real thing um was <laughs> political politi- uh all politics is violence so that's an appropriate yep. class I'm, I'm sure i didn't talk about it in quite the well actually heck, you, you would be surprised he was very very anti-authoritarian for good reasons incredible like, um <laughs> I, I think actually and, and i'm a little ashamed to admit like i was always kind of anti-establishment like one of my papers actually for i i, I did a uh, a term paper on why gun control is bad and why anyone who supports it is awful. Um, Dude, it, it, it's stupid shit like that that got me in trouble. Like, uh, we had a we had one essay that we had to do, or a paper or something, on um, is utopia real and possible? And I wrote about uh, socialists attempting communes in the States and how they would always fail for one reason or another. And... Yeah. <laughs> I I was ignorant at the time. I was genuinely just writing it as a historian, not as like a oh fuck these socialist bastards. I was just, I was just like yeah, they just don't work, man. And <laughs> I got so much shit for it because she thought I was being ideological. I was like no, just they just don't really work. They just don't. It's like it's like historical revisionists when you point out you know communist atrocities or you know <laughs> yeah, how, how China killed ten thousand people who were nothing you know, happened in tiananmen square <laughs> nothing happened they didn't grind corpses into paste with tank treads and then power wash them down drains don't worry about it social credit score minus 100 it's <laughs> like hey you were looking for a plaque in tiananmen square deported yeah <laughs> dude it's so it's so fucked uh, but i what was your experiences been uh i mean you've had a very a very unique route into creative stuff so you don't have a degree right uh no actually i've that's the funny thing i've got like so you did college and yeah i've got nine tenths of like three degrees and then i just left (laughs) i i have and like I, i had a like decent enough gpa too i think my last year was like it's bordering four like i i i was like i no, I, I'm a fucking dumbass, but I have no life, so it kind of... It's like, God, on, on, on a Friday night, you'll generally find me rocking her in the gym. Like, it's it's one of the two things, and usually nothing else. But um, I, I actually did okay, but I think just something about all of the school and just, like, the academic complex, it just got to me. It just fucking Dude. got to me. And what, one day I just... And the funny thing is, I never dropped out. I'm still actually on the books. It holds for years and years and years. I could at any point go back and just finish it, and I guess be an accountant, but I don't want to. And I'm very happy doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And do, do I make it as much money as I would be, like, like as a clinical psychologist or as an accountant, or one of the various like kind of contradictory routes that I went? No. Um... Do I care? Fuck no. Like <laughs> ideologically, this is this is what I like. It's a lifestyle I like. Um, and yet, you have some freedom of what you do, rather than being yeah, in 100%. a in a fucking awful bureaucracy. Yeah, as it, as it, both of those it. would entail. Yeah, like if I'm worked out and I just want to go into nature for 24 hours, I can do that. Sometimes I do. <sighs> That's what I want to get to. I'm I'm so envious of that. And we'll get there. I mean, we. Oh yeah, and and. I, I am, thankfully, but 
it's we're also in a in an interesting spot being um kind of outdoorsy creatives because yeah. they they exist for sure but usually they're like hippie granola types and yeah. i mean I, I am a hippie yeah. granola type i just also like guns yes no it, it is an interesting thing to to balance uh doing outdoorsy woodsmanship with being a creative because on the one hand you're sitting there like oh the, this is a nice color palette you know like it, like you know, all that kind of shit. appreciating things that if you're out doing like woodsman shit and you mention it to other other people into that stuff nine times out of ten they're gonna look at you and be like shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah but okay. well, I, I feel that it's two worlds with not a very big overlap intersection and yeah. I, I, remember, I met some like local hippie granola types at, at one point they added me to their group chat and occasionally i'll, I'll just look and recently, I, I think it's, I'm just like a, I'm a shithead. I'm a shithead. I know what I'm doing. I just like put in a Jasinski <laughs> meme or something. And it's, it's, it's not the right crowd. It's not. It's not the like, vibe. I personally find it hilarious and they haven't kicked. Uh, I, I, even, even if you know people are never going to kind of like rally to where you're at on, on things like that, it's, I really, and it's back to like kind of uh, the Marauder thing and, and, and the whole cultural shift thing is um just exposing people even if if you have some overlap in communities that have nothing to do with with all of that kind of thing yeah. it's nice to drip feed them a little bit and i agree it, it works like if you if people here here and there you're like uh like you know i'll be out in the woods with people who are not into all of this stuff yeah and and uh my girlfriend might like uh passively mention like we're talking about oh are there any bears around here it's like ah you know we have guns we can scare them off it, it'll be right yeah. And everyone's like, oh. And then they might ask a few questions, like, oh, well, what kind of gun do you have? Like, oh, well. <laughs> you know, like, Jesus Christ. I love that. <laughs> but, no, and, like, and, you know, it's a little bit too much for them. But, yeah, but that's how you get in, people into it, too. It's exactly. Like... And, and how you learn stuff about people, because a lot of people are very shy about it. I actually learned that some, some people I hang out with um, who I would never, like, musicians and shit, who I would never presume would have a gun or, or be interested in that. They're like, oh, yeah, I've got a, I've got a Glock 19 at home, man. I, you know, I, I love going and shooting. I'm like, huh. Yeah. Because yeah, awesome. you never breach the subject because you feel like it has to be this underground thing a lot of the time, you know? Yeah, because, like, there, there's this underlying, and I, I'm very, very glad that I think we're starting to push back in the culture war a little. Yes. Yeah. In, where, where I fucking care about it, because the culture war... I fucking hate the culture war. It's Same. mostly bullshit. And my big thing that really pisses me off is when people get upset about like institutional culture war shit, I'm like, unplug from it and quit giving them your power. Like when you're getting involved with it, you are perpetuating it. And your argument generally nine times out of 10 for people upset about culture war shit is, Hey, you're brainwashing people wrong. Brainwash them my way. It's like, no, fuck that. Like, Kill the system and unplug from it and and do your own thing, you know. But, but gun good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, finally, like a lot, a lot of that's been been more the conservative stuff that is like you know, to me. It's like no, 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 no. Don't get sucked back into the system. You're doing so well by being anti-authoritarian right now. Yeah. But but uh, the gun stuff, like finally, gun people are being more bold. Not just like you know, like doing stupid shit or anything, but just just culturally, it's like no, this, this is a thing that we do, and it seems a lot of you are now interested, so let's talk about it. 
and finally, like now that we, we've had, like I said, tens of millions of gun o- new gun owners, it's like it's about time to quit being so fucking shy, yeah, and quit quit being so like dancing around things. It's like no, we we have the numbers to just be like this is what the culture is, and it doesn't have to be this you know red or blue thing or this this scary like you know like obviously there's militant elements to to it and there should be but But it's it's also like an everyday lifestyle thing yeah yeah it's you you not just like the trucker cat that says like i lube my gun with liberal tears Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) anyone can uh can enjoy it it's it's a right it's a fundamental right and yeah like, dude, it, it excites me seeing fucking, like, uh, mutual aid groups and, like, you know, ANCOMs getting out there and practicing small unit tactics. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, killer, you defend the commune, man. Yeah. <laughs> you if, you, if you come to my commune, I'm going to fucking slot you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we will, do like, things a little differently on mine. Yeah. But, yeah. If, yeah. if you violently come and try and take my shit, no matter who you are, um, yeah. I, I will have mean words for you. Um, I, I will defend my chicken eggs with 556. Five, that is yes. the fact. But if you want to trade, <laughs> let's do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, it's been a great relief to see that finally there's there's some ground being gained. And it's yes, why I, I do like that. And funny enough, uh, I, I have a friend who uh, I've been, you know, I, I've known him for years and years and years, and he lives in Arizona. He's the one I told you about. Um, and he uh, didn't want to get into guns at all because of that preconception of like, oh, well, gun owners are just like weird, which I find it really funny considering he's in Arizona. Like, they're they're weird people, you know, tr- like trucker hat hillbillies. Like, and- dude, I know punks out here that carry to shows. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, and they're not conservative. It's just yeah. a lifestyle thing out here. They just, they're like, yeah, I carry a gun. Like, what, are you fucking kidding me? It's, it's like, and, and the funny thing is, like, oft, more often than not, their dad will be, like, a conservative guy. But it didn't get lost in translation like it does in so many other places where it's like, fuck you, dad, I hate guns. It's like, dude, we just, this is a lifestyle thing. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's so like, removed from the politics. Like, my, my dad votes like a shithead, but he's got the right, like, self-defense is a human right. Duh. Yeah. And it's We're like, right out of Yeah. It's it's good that that conversation. It's getting to that point with that conversation because for the longest time, you know, you say like you know, like I don't. That was what really, I think, honestly, made me initially more conservative was when I got to university and people were like, "Oh, you shoot guns," and they pr- presumed things about me, and I was like, "No, fuck you!" Like I'm not I'm not any of these things you think about me, yeah. but just just because of that, that immediate kind of stereotype of. I'm going to chuck you in this box or this box and you fit this box. So fuck you. You're not in my box. Well, people have brought this up before. Like people need to think in binaries because it makes them more comfortable. Well, and and people have, the truth is a lot of people are just fucking stupid. And binaries are an easy way to, well, not, not that they're like, you know, that they have to be stupid, but they're just willfully ignorant. And it's an easier way to digest the world. And people still do it where they, you know, people think they're really, I, I hate to use the term, but woke on on what the problem is, and they're like, "Oh well, it's it's just these Democrat politicians." It's like, dude, motherfucker, it's <laughs> yeah. If voting a particular way would fix everything, then yeah, yeah. I mean, I, people I, people I, always run back to those solutions because it's the easiest, most low effort solution. Yeah. It's like people. Well, need, I'm just gonna chuck in my lot. Yeah, and people I've done need my part. something to make them feel like they're in control, 
and they need a convenient person to blame when things don't go their way. And yeah. the easiest person to blame is the person that votes for the other country that lives across the street from you. Uh, the other part. Yeah, other country. I mean, I mean, depending on who you listen to, it might be for the other country. <laughs> Hold on a sec. I just, I drank a lot of creatine. Now I got a piss. That's cool shit. But, uh, oh. <laughs> Hidden pause again. Where, where I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, fuck, what was I going to say about our school? Um, I had I had something I wanted to ask you, and I'm trying to think what it was. Oh no, I I remember what it was. It wasn't necessarily art school. It was more creative stuff. Fuck art school. Uh, you know, Nathan here is a great example of getting into doing creative stuff for a living and not going the school route, which I think is absolutely, you know, like a good way to do it. Because it, it and something for any any young creatives out there or anyone interested in in getting into this stuff in this industry or otherwise. Um, I think we can both argue uh, strongly that your portfolio is way more important than your resume. Oh, 100%. It's all, and everyone I know in the industry echoes the same thing. It's your portfolio and who you know. Going to school will teach you how to do things, but it is entirely yeah. unimportant and no one cares. Yeah, and, and I mean, to the credit of my schooling, I did everything... And the way the Brits do school, we don't have, like, minors and majors. Do you have minors and majors in Canada? Yeah, we do. That's fucking weird, because in England, uh, getting your degree is more like a trade school kind of thing. So, instead of doing, like, you know, English, maths, and an extra, extra shit that you do in high school or whatever, you're just focusing on doing various classes that have stuff relevant to your degree. So... I got to do a ton of a ton of stuff, which is like I hate to say go and get a degree, but um I'd say more more focus on like a, a creative trade school if you want to do schooling for it. Cause what's like before I got into um you know doing creative stuff and, and you know the early years of being uh, a graphic designer and stuff, <laughs> my taste was fucking awful. You know? It was all just, everything was just gritty and grungy, and I still like doing stuff like that, but everything was that way, and I had no no taste with uh, how to use typography, so like different fonts and stuff, um, what a good photo was, uh, you know, what uh, vector illustration and, and good illustration in general, and, uh, and, all, and color theory and stuff like that. Color theory I had like a vague idea of. But um, what schooling did for me was less, less like the actual paper qualification. Because if I, if I'd have spent the time and researched all this stuff on my own, which I definitely could have, and had just as strong a portfolio, I would have been in a good spot. But school for me just gave me fucking taste, like uh, a really, really underappreciated thing in design and stuff is good typography. And what I mean by that is, it's bo- It's going to sound boring to most people, but every fucking way you see text on packaging or in artwork or advertising or fucking anywhere, like a, a book, a graphic designer has gone and adjusted the type a specific way to be more legible or more visually appealing or whatever it might be. And bad typography, like, you notice it, you know? Like, yeah, 100%. Uh, like, one of those things where people... Like, it's like in a movie, if the sound design is really bad, everyone notices. If it's really yeah, it's good, like, you don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those underappreciated things because, yeah, 
like that that's a perfect way of saying it good typography is not noticed because it just looks good and does its job and bad typography you're like what the fuck was the guy drunk when he put this together yeah <laughs> you'll see you see it on like menus where you know the owner cheaped out and didn't pay someone to to put together the menu and it's just like what the gaggle fuck is going on here <laughs> but uh i mean for you you've been um like we we both occupy kind of an interesting space uh i'd say jack of all trades master of a few uh as creatives because we both do more than just like what we principally train in like you now do more graphic design stuff like i've been seeing you doing uh packaging design for fuck what's that suppressor company uh, um Creek labs which congrats to them uh they just apparently I, i've been seeing memes about it all day and i i like the owner a lot he's a fucking funny guy um, yeah, he's been he's been a, a killer meme page for a for a long time and yeah. i'm glad to see him like branching into this stuff yeah but now apparently he is the objectively best 556 suppressor on the market yes i, I saw that fucking killer so uh you, you broke up a little bit when you said that name so otter creek labs yes yeah uh now got the the best rated suppressor like by, they, uh, they beat out fucking surefire and cgs and all of them and like like good suppressor companies which surprises the hell out of me um now i'm finding it really impressive yeah uh i i fucking like the way jay has been doing that system of kind of putting like eliminating uh big companies with you know the marketing capital to just pay someone off to be like oh this suppressor is great quiet as hell you know buy this and you're good to go and then you know buying it it's loud as hell and you're like what the yeah. fuck that is on uh, camera trick trickery I automatically distrust companies that like pay influencers. And I, I yes. understand like it is so hard to get anywhere. And I'm, I'm sure Mitch would have a lot to say about this or he wouldn't want to talk about this at all. Good thing Mitch isn't here. Um, <laughs> well, so here's the thing. We're, we're more marketing grunts. Like we're, yeah. we're doing the groundwork. We're making things pretty. So we, we know about this stuff. We're not, we're not so protective of more of the marketing secrets, I yeah. guess. I, mean, I, I think Mitch would talk about it if we got into it, but um, I think so too. Uh, he he has a lot of opinions about it, but um, yeah, and and he he wants to he wants to help steer you know things in the right direction, and and I, I, you know as do as do we, and I think a big part of that is differentiating what like what value an influencer can bring you versus independent yeah. testing, and they shouldn't I'll, be viewed I'll, as the same thing on the person like it like a hundred percent like and at the end of the day like i'm trying to think of an example of a bad influencer but i don't want to like name drop anyone because that's yeah. a cool move um yeah yeah we, we we got quite a few listeners so let's just say yeah. like insert whoever in your head is a bad influencer on one side and then you'll have people on the other side like garantham or someone like that they're both influencers and they're both influencer marketing but one person's going to be taken a lot more seriously. And if you give him a bad product, he's going to fucking say so to everyone, which he's done yeah. multiple times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, I, I loved his, uh, his uh, Springfield Hellion review. Cause he's like, let's not call it the Hellion. That's fucking stupid. It's the VHS two. And then, and then gets into the, uh, into the, uh, the review from there. It's like, yeah, like it's killer. Cause if, if he was just paid off, he'd be like, Oh yeah. sitting here with a kick-ass Springfield Hellion, you know, like, you know, thinking like acting like it's the coolest fucking thing in the world and all that. And it's like, all right, well, where are we with uh, with getting a review of this thing? We're just getting like, we're seeing 
the rifle being shown off rather than a review of it. And the worst thing that happened to this industry, the firearms industry, and, and probably elsewhere is applicable, but this is where we're plugged in, is it has been conflated um, between, there's been such a conflation between entertainment and a review. And oh yeah, know, p- people like Grantham do a really good job of mixing um, you know, entertainment and review, but that's what he does and to a really high level. Uh, but a lot of people, they do reviews or, or quote unquote reviews and they're, they're like less entertaining for one, which is, you know, not, not to their credit. But um, on top of that, they're fucking paid like, you know, often. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's plenty out there who are, are just advertising. They're not doing a review. You're advertising and that's fine show it off, go and do some cool courses of fire and stuff, and, and show it being, like, run hard. Yeah. But, like, you're you're not doing a review, you're, you're saying the opinion you've been paid to give. Yeah, you've been paid to make an advertisement on your platform, and then disseminate that advertisement. It's, yeah, like... And, and I automatically see companies do that, and again, I'm not going to say any names, because anyone listening to this will probably have names show up in their head, but especially companies that will hire people that have nothing to do with the product, like MMA fighters or bro vets that don't really- or, or, or uh, not just uh, gun bunnies, but whatever the fuck. I, I don't like gun bunny 2.0s where it's like, I, I don't want to name names because there's some very big names out there. I'm so uh, curious. I'm so far removed from that world. I genuinely don't know. Drew Hopkins has, uh, has posted about certain influencers who shill steel plates and might be characters in video game series and uh calls a lot of people out my brain kind of turns off whenever i do that he does that but but at the same time like the the steel plate shilling people fuck them well yeah it's like anyone who is in a position to to shill something and in this industry i really don't fucking tolerate it because it's life-saving gear it's not just like a a cool backpack or some clothing or a fucking perfume micro whatever who cares if you want to run a micro rig run a micro rig like know what's good know what's bad but this this can kill you like steel plates can kill you yeah or or a a bad tourniquet or a rifle that might malfunction on you because it's it's more like a range toy than a a proper you know workhorse rifle like all those things i have zero fucking tolerance for and the consumer shouldn't either they should like some people get upset with how hard people go on like calling people out it's like no fuck them like if you're gonna try and profit from shit that could get people fucking killed killed yeah fuck you (laughs) <laughs> like no no cap <laughs> and, and it kind of makes me sad too when i see like ostensibly good companies like be, be it in the gunner prepping industry or whatnot fall victim to marketing tactics like that because i always feel- yeah because it, it's the thing to do now it's yeah, to, it to, like it, it's kind of this uh almost this culture of if you don't, if you don't have a, a flashy influencer you're going to fall behind and then you have someone you know you're, you're more more worried about the their cup size than their experience and their their knowledge and you're like well what the fuck are we saying when you're you're dangling a life-saving product in front of you know like I, i'm too conservative for this but <laughs> you, know, you know in front of gun buddies and shit um it's it's not an effective way to communicate what this industry is about and it's it's just like the nra calling ars sporting rifles like you're not doing the whole point of this any any merit like you're 
you're you're actually taking away from it when you're making it more about like the aesthetics of the Second Amendment than actual your natural right to bear arms and, and defend yourself and and protect your life and shit. And I, I am going to call out Tim Kennedy because fuck Tim, <laughs> fuck Tim Kennedy, fuck Tim. Gun control is important and it works. There's no reason for a 19-year-old to have an AR-15. Fuck Tim Kennedy, sponsored by 511. <laughs> uh, every time I see him pop up, and it, that's that's the, that's another thing. Anytime I see anyone use him for advertising, it's like an instant. It's like you you know who his social media media managers are like in the industry or not because there's so <sighs> much, like the bigger the company gets, the more likely they hired someone like fresh out of grad school. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody worked at like fucking Target or something. Like Christ, how do you how do you find these people who don't understand the like the current feeling of the community? Like if you're if you're a company who is so distanced, like uh, who was it? Arrest? I was gonna say Benelli, like an idiot. I was like, I know it's it's a B Italian, and I couldn't yes. fucking get no, it's it. fucking um, Beretta. God damn! I I've been having some real European moments recently with gun stuff <laughs> traumatic, traumatic brain injuries are the worst kids yes i've been i've been forgetting shit that i should not forget i hate it big feels but, um yeah but uh anyway they're, they're big um fuck up or i'm gonna call it a fuck up because i think it was a, a very misread feeling of the room um they had that pink gun with that uh makeup influencer yes uh jeffree star jeffree star you know what, the most- I, I've heard some insane shit about that particular individual, and I, I don't know fuck all about them. All I know is some fucking awful chick that I went to college with was, like, a massive diehard fan of his. And then I saw him move to Wyoming and become, like, this weird, like, I, I don't want to say right-leaning, but whatever. Like, they, they were just very edgy and offensive to to their own- kind of target audience like apparently they were anti-trans or whatever it was i i forget apparently they made i don't want to like misspeak but apparently they they made some comments that were offensive to their own community and the, the, Dude, the like, i i don't i don't trust it when i hear that stuff anymore it's just like what what was the comment what was the no comment? that is that is true it could be just because they're you know they they said something that like because yeah. suddenly they like guns voice. yeah yeah I don't know, and quite frankly, I don't give a fuck of uh, enough. Like these people will not. If the world collapses, these people will cease to exist. Yeah, um, it, like like make, makeup influencers are not going to survive the collapse. Therefore, not relevant to my <laughs> to my yeah. knowledge. Yeah, um, I saw a but, video of Jeffrey Star shooting. That guy's not surviving the collapse. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, someone's, someone's going like, to come and like. Oh Christ! Do it, doing the chick lean back, basically jumping out of his hands incredible uh, but at the same time like i'm like I, i'm not going to get into my my thoughts on using him as an influencer but at least you know it's an inroad for people i'm going to look at the silver no, like honestly when i saw him initially like shooting gun stuff i was like i was like yeah hell yeah you know what, what the fuck ever but then um then i saw the what the fuck was it it was uh oh the so the beretta the custom beretta for him what a what an in, I I know they're a really big influencer and stuff. Pro, they they might have a, a more of an more of a following than Beretta. In fact, I'm I'm sure of it. Um, but goddamn guys, like you you've got to think how much of your audience is flaky enough to see that and be like, 
nah, man. Yeah. Out of, out of curiosity, I fucking lurked the comments. I was actually surprised how positive they were. I, they must have been deleting some, man. I, I saw some rough shit. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I think so. Uh, at least not on Beretta's. I'm, I I looked at at uh the dude's page. Oh, okay. I I definitely I definitely saw some people speaking speaking ill of that all over the place. It was Oh yeah, no, in, in the gun community it was getting fucking trashed. It was an odd decision. And <laughs> it was. you know, like, fair enough if it's like it, it's like a one-off post, but no, I you guess know, those those will sell out. You know, they'll they'll make their well, it, I think it was a, I think it was just a custom like one-off job, but which makes it all the weirder. It's not like, hey, we're pushing like a really nice pink gun from Beretta. It's like, hey, this is a one-off with this controversial influencer oh, that like awesome. that like none of you are going to like. Yeah. Uh, marketing is exactly a strange that. world. Like well, because someone's big in one world doesn't necessarily mean they'll be big in yours. Yeah, and you know, like while I am shitting on them. At the same time, I do kind of respect the the balls to kind of try that cross contamination. Yeah, it just really didn't work. Yeah, you... like when, when you get like a like an influence an, an influencer who's like a you know an MLG major league gamer or whatever. Yeah, absolutely, there's gonna be crossover or like an athlete or you know, I, I'm not gonna say a politician. Uh, uh, fuck him. No, oh my god, Donald Trump Jr. Like. That was the the darkest days of of uh, of simping for public figures with guns when everyone's like, "Oh, hey, Trump Jr. is one of us." It's like you fucking idiots. Nah, like Matt Hawthorne <laughs> or all of them. Yeah, it's it's like if you see any of these people shoot, you will be like, "What a fucking fud and a loser." Yeah. Fuck this guy. But uh, <laughs> God. Just re- this has turned into a hate rant. Let's let, let let's yeah, uh, let's, we kind of save the day thing. I I don't want to get into the whole like yeah hate rant. Well, it's just a thing with marketing where people like th- there is room to make serious misjudgments and like really like kill yourself. There's there's some brands who have like misspoke or you know maybe the owner had a bit of a rant in the comments at people and they just will never they'll never come back from it. They'll always be those people now because. They were like fucking atrocious to deal with, or they they just really didn't read the room right. And fortunately, um, I think this industry is becoming a lot more consumer driven and a lot more centric to what the people want, rather than like, hey, here's the scraps from our government contracts. You know? Yeah, it's coming around like at a significant pace. Yeah, I, I plus I you know the uh, the individual is gaining more and more. Uh, purchasing power than than before you know as the civilian market becomes more and more appealing there's more and more uh reason to service it which is only a good thing so yeah there's a lot of movement within the civilian market now yeah and you know as a result companies are trying out some weird shit with their marketing and uh there's a lot of misses there's a lot of misses from a lot of people who have been doing this back when you could chuck a thin blue line patch on on everything and and you know, everyone be singing day. your praises yeah. yeah now it's a lot more nuanced especially like yes <laughs> there's definitely some brands that are still clinging to the thin blue line thing and usually they're suffering for it you'll see it in the comments you're like dude <laughs> like uh oh god i'm i'm probably gonna give mitch an aneurysm by naming and shaming companies but um 
was it was it silence Co that did the the fed contract post yes yes and all of the comments were just trashing him yeah because it, it's like um that was was that a day after there was some kind of federal agency announcement i forget was it was it the ministry of truth thing or was it before that i i find it so funny that we have to clarify there's been so many just like federal <sighs> so much fed fuckery because that they're, they're just shoveling like what some people have said is um that we're in the stage of collapse where the the treasury is just being shamelessly looted at this point which i mean it's kind of always being shamelessly looted yeah, but, but now, now a lot more so it's kind of gonzo we've just they're like oh yeah just just give the irs and atf like you know billions of dollars and uh I mean, they are to the point the IRS is like, we don't know what to do with this new budget. Yeah. Like, like, we are a government agency. We will always be shit at our job. This will not help. They actually, <laughs> but, that is... No, 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 that, like, like obviously not those words. Yeah. I'm, I'm slightly small. paraphrasing. Yes. But, uh, yeah, effectively, they were like, yeah, we don't know what to do with this budget. Yeah. The ATF, on the other hand, is like, we'll, we will make this work. Yes, we'll, we'll order, like... 800 million rounds of 300 blackout like the RCMP did and I don't know use them to to kill puppies yeah beloved family pets beloved family pets uh Randy Weaver's wife um <laughs> oh didn't that fucking sniper end up working for some big company um with like what what big company I don't know I I might be talking shit uh ruby ridge sniper let's fuck lon this guy's a motherfucker he's He's a motherfucker and he got caught lying on the stand (sighs) what a fucking cunt these pieces of shit (laughs) he got caught lying and saying that he he could absolutely see the person they shot Uh, i'm not i'm not finding anything about his uh his private life these days i'm sure he's pretty quiet i seem i might be talking shit but i seem to remember he worked for a uh, like some some kind of firearms industry company. I might be talking shit and making stuff up. No, I, that sounds but, really familiar. I mean, it's it, it's not uncommon, and obviously, you know, that shit was in the nineties, and uh, and we went through you know in the in the post nine eleven days, and and you know, like we're really only just weaning off of the you know state and state knows best, government knows best kind of mentality of the firearms industry. Um, it's very likely he could have weaseled his way into working for a firearms company and they would have been happy to have him, you know? That, oh my God, that, I hate that. Everything about that makes me angry. Well, there's, there's so much of that. I, I, I was about to say something that would really, really piss off most of the audience. Um, I mean, okay, fuck it, I'm going to say it. I'm, I, I have to be the edgy viewpoint on here. The Chris Kyle thing, like when he... The sec- no, the second he transferred out of um out of military service, he was, you know, like kind of doing the Tim Kennedy thing. Like he had a billion different logos slapped on him, you know. And I I get it. You know, that's how you're gonna make your money and stuff, but whew, the I, I don't know if that one's gonna stick in, but <laughs> spe- speaking speaking foul of Chris Kyle might be too blasphemous for some people. Maybe that that one I leave in your capable hands, but I, I do imagine that'll... <laughs> I, will I either leave it in and just go full send, 
which might give Mitch an aneurysm, or you might censor the name and leave people to fill the blanks, but insert influential, you know, military or law enforcement figure who makes a living off of, you know, killing people for a living. And, you know, there's people who have, I'm sure, only ever made good judgment calls, only ever killed bad guys in the field. You know, fair enough, whatever. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of people who made some pretty shifty fucking judgment calls who continue to make a living um you know off of the off of the back of the reputation of having done that yeah it's kind of a weird thing where you end up with civilians uh simping for you know effectively government killers it's like fuck me yeah dude (sighs) it's so fucked i'm glad we're moving away from like the thin blue line sort of we like we we gotta get better i mean so many people are like well you know they're just doing their job the good old nuremberg defense is like Hate the politicians all you want, but until a cop comes to your door and is willing to, you know, enforce something via violence and kick in your door to take, you know, your, your gun that's an inch too long or has the wrong stock on it or the, you know, the wrong kind of action, it's, the, it's not the fucking geriatrics who are going to stack up on your door and take your shit. Yeah. It's not going to be the politicians either. Fuck no. My mind- <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying, geriatrics. <laughs> well what, what i love seeing is you know like of course we have influential guys with military backgrounds who who know their shit and who who are passing on this knowledge but yeah i i see a very big like military to like liberty community pipeline yeah 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 and i i, I think plenty of people you know they stare the beast in the mouth and they're like you are very wasteful <laughs> like, at least or you are fucking hideous, <laughs> which is is generally what I hope for, and uh, and they'll you know they leave and they're like, hey guys, you need to know about this, and and they'll you know spread on that knowledge and disseminate knowledge, and you have people like yeah, people don't need to know that, and and the the law enforcement and military only classes, and it's like suck a fucking dick, dude. Yeah, God, I, I hate that. It's like the the guy who taught me my low low light course. Um, he, he moved away and he sent me a, a picture a little while ago and like great guy, super knowledgeable, um, like really, really, like I, I learned a lot from him and he's showing me how they're learning like VR force on force stuff. Mm. Well, like not, not force on force, it's in VR, but, and he's like, yeah, it's restricted for military and law enforcement o- only. And I, I just made the offhand comment. Oh, that sounds like bullshit. <laughs> No, it, it is, and we need to not be shy about that anymore. Yeah, like, like, well, if a bad guy gets their hands on it, they, they can learn. Of, like, what fucking bad guy is going to go out and like get a v- like an entire VR training rig and rig up a room to? Yeah, dude, dude. The only way that a bad guy is getting that kind of training is if the FBI pays for it. No, you're you're right. Though, <laughs> is paying for it. Or the CIA or someone else. I, I saw. Uh, that. No, no. Well, that, that's the thing. Like when you when you make those comments, uh, like I said on my my first time uh, on this show, like a lot of people when they hear me talk about, oh, the FBI is like manufacturing bad guys. It's like that's not conspiracy. It's not it's conspiracy. Like, There's so they got caught doing it a few weeks ago because yeah. the parents of the kid filed a formal complaint and they're suing them. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and Chris, I mean, you know, we we paid the Mujahideen to fight the Soviets.
and then we had to fight them <laughs> or we had to we we ended up fighting them we we create our bad guys nine times out of ten and i mean you know the, the u.s military has flown as the air force for like al-qaeda and shit in in syria and yemen and there's so much like weird fuckery where it's like we are not <laughs> on the right side of history no jesus christ I, I saw this meme the other day, and it, it killed me. It's like, say in movies, I will use, I will stop this terrorist attack using kung fu. Say yeah. in real life, driving drunken on quaaludes to meet this pedophile who's going to help overthrow the Angolan government. <laughs> like, oh no! It's true, though. It's true. Oh, yeah. oh this, right this is, is like this is going to go live, and the black helicopters just show up outside our house, and we both drop. <laughs> uh, corners oh. says suicide, heart attacks. The <laughs> heart attack via two two gunshots to the back the of the back head. Back of the head, just like a high caliber <laughs> fucking. I don't want this to sound too doom and gloom. I'm always very very careful of that because so much is doom and gloom these days. But I think really don't take this as like everything's everything's dark and doomed. But like really really just now. And I think I, I might have said this last time, but now is the time to be situationally aware and actually speaking of which uh so last night i was doing a a bit of a gorilla photo shoot yeah with uh do you follow finance and maneuver on instagram i think i do actually little little shout out he's a he's a local arizona boy and uh we've been we've been chatting for a minute but mutual friend with a lot of people i do rocks with and stuff and um really really good crowd and uh we went out and did some uh a photo shoot at like 4 a.m. uh in the city <laughs> yeah yeah um see it, it was it was pretty cool stuff we uh we dressed up smart and had, had gear and stuff we're just going around at night um it was it was a fucking blast and but the biggest takeaway was uh because th- th- there's a few people i want to talk about um have you ever seen gunicidal tendencies yes so he does he does a lot of uh, a lot of like uh photo shoots like in public and shit at night in full kit and stuff and it, it, it looks fucking killer and uh, obviously you know you have to be careful about this stuff we were very very careful of how we were doing it and being very situationally aware but our big takeaway was how not situationally aware fucking anyone is oh yeah like we were driving around with like kit on and, and masks and stuff, and you, you'd pull up next to someone, not, not like you know being flashy or anything, yeah. but like I'll just wearing a balak, just wearing like a car full of people wearing balaclavas, and you all we'd all just like turn and like see if anyone would even be looking. No one, no one from oh, like God. <laughs> it was fucking when there was more traffic on the roads, and we were being like a, a little bit more um, like covert about what we were doing. Like yeah. We, we were more careful and stuff but as it got later just no one like late at night in quiet parts of town where you should be more careful people just no attention yeah and uh, so i don't know the the big takeaway from that is you can do a lot of a little and that stuff is that stuff is really fascinating to me like moving through populated areas i think mitch talked a little bit about this in europe they had to they had to move like uh mgs and shit in in duffel bags yeah and, and take civilian transport and uh that stuff is it's a really great skill set to have because yeah. it's pretty real world even just like you know driving state to state or whatever uh you know not having a bunch of 
Gucci tactical bags and instead moving a bit more a bit more subtly is a, is a great skill set to have. But yeah, the human element is fascinating because people, most people, most people, they, they will, like you'd be walking around with a fucking MP5 under your jacket, just like stock sticking out. No one notices. No, no one notices. No. <laughs> there's a God, there's one more page that I, I really like that's uh, that's good for that kind of thing. Covert Arms on Instagram. Um, they post like uh, all sorts of setups from like, you know, insurgent groups to Bundy standoff and uh, and even like CIA like and uh, intelligence builds What's where they might uh, covert arms. So C O V E R T arms. Oh my and, uh, yeah, they, they, they show like all sorts of historic examples. Like they've got, um, there's a picture of, I think it was a MI, a lady that worked for the MI six carrying an M a shortened MP five in Ireland during the troubles. And it's just shit like that. Like, uh, no, this isn't it. Maybe that was a different page, but he, he shows like a lot of stuff like that. And, um, yeah, that stuff is fascinating. I know, I know T-Rex arms has been getting more into that stuff as well. I love that the gun culture is getting into this point where these things aren't just like a, a super niche thing or yeah, it's going mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be really fucking unstoppable. And it's, it's already getting that way. Like, uh, Christ, some of the guys, some of the guys I was out rocking with in the desert uh, last weekend, I was talking to, they were like, they, they they were talking about uh, about the show. They were like, yeah, I guess this is just kind of like the way things are going now. Like this is where training is going, and you know, like rocking with with a rifle and stuff. And it's like, fuck yeah, <laughs> I am so excited for the future, and I'm so excited the boomers are dying off. <laughs> like, there's, there's not very many but there's a there's a no, there, there, there's a there's a minority of incredibly on it boomers with some like crazy knowledge that has been you know the kind of the that knowledge that's been passed down from days of old mountain men and shit yeah um and then and then the rest have just fucked everything to hell and yeah. fortunately our generation seems to be saying nah we're gonna we're gonna push things back to where they were and then some yeah so uh i hope so i it's happening man it's and you know i mean between 3d printing uh seeing guns in use in myanmar and and all the training that people are practicing and getting smart on here i am very hopeful for the future so little we little white pill to end the show on uh because no seriously i am i am so optimistic for the future and all the all the things people are pushing right now i i'm optimistic in terms of our communities, and I just hope that it reaches outside of those communities. I, I hope that things get better before they get worse, because things are definitely getting worse. And they're oh yeah, yeah. Too. We, make no mistake. Like while while everything is fucked and yes. fucky, to be polite, yes. Um, you know, time, times are hard, and they're more than likely going to get harder. You can still you can still lead a good life in this period. You can I still. Agree. You can still live safely. You can still enjoy yourself. It doesn't have to be doom and gloom and sitting with, you know, boxes of MREs piled up around you and, you know, and like <laughs> all of that shit. You can still live a good life. You can still unplug from the madness and actually, you know, make a better future. Uh, and Christ, I, I genuinely think, personally, I, I think my kids are going to live a better lifestyle than than i lived as a kid but that's because i grew up military and in a 
and going to public school and stuff. And I think just kind of the the cultural awakening we're having right now of being like, no, 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 we can we can improve on this. Yeah. Instead of just kind of, uh, I feel like a few generations really just plugged into doing what they were told for a second and kind of fucked us. But I feel like we're getting back on track. Honestly, I, I think so. And I hope so. I just hope it's enough people to really make a difference. And I think it is. I do. Sometimes I get caught in the uh, the mindset that, and especially here, I think it's a lot worse here because, I mean, you know what it's like in the UK. You look around you and, you know, nine out of 10 people, it's it's like the, do- the, me- the dog in the meme that's like the the restaurant's burning around him and he just goes, this is fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just surrounded by lemmings. Yeah. yeah. And it's exhausting yeah. and dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to continue to live like that until they're i don't know in a camp or a grave well yeah and it's like the the only motivating factor for a lot of people or, or awaiting awakening factor for a lot of people is is crisis and for a lot of us who've been preppers long before there's been you know like a there, there's always a need to i would argue but before like a a tangible uh need to that is impacting you today you know like a food shortage or or inflation or whatever it might be um what was that where was i going with that oh uh, yes, yeah, so too many people are activated by crisis instead of anticipating and preparing for it and making it like, you know, more more tolerable yeah. when it actually happens. And uh, I think anyone getting kind of sucked into the, the doom and gloom of, of the present, you, you really need to start investing in your future instead of, and it, I know it's hard to do with how expensive everything is right now, but start looking ahead a bit more and start kind of setting yourself up for success instead of just scrambling to survive the now i agree also barter barter yeah also barter i I love doing that shit like if i have a skill or a piece of kit or something that someone else needs and i can barter that for something that i need fantastic we skip the whole money thing entirely it's seriously wonder the barter economy is fucking wonderful Um, i know uh i know a tattoo artist who trades like tattoo work for fucking like video games food like you know work around his house i'm like yep. fuck yes you can't tax bartering you can't i mean <laughs> yes and yeah the guy's got some sweet stuff doing that vehicles yeah. and stuff doing like doing like you know a back piece or something it's like, that's awesome me. yeah get get a fucking radian like an lwrc yeah, for you know doing doing a chess piece or something yeah because it, it, it's like you know the the value is in whoever the person asking for the labor is you know absolutely so fuck money <laughs> anyways now now we're kind of going to outro this i'm going to give a piece of dad advice um fuck yeah go ruck go for a ruck <laughs> i said this in yes. the beginning i'm saying this right now pack a bag uh don't be a retard and just throw a weight in there um put fill it with like stuff you'll need and water uh if a lot of your weight is water that's probably the safe thing to do if you're new to rocking, because you really shouldn't push yourself too hard. I've made Oh yeah, fuck. Mistake. Please don't chuck a, a kettleball or some yeah. some dumbbells, some shit in your your rug. Don't do please, that. For the love of Christ. Yeah. If you have to carry forty five <laughs> pounds, carry forty five pounds of water. You'll drink the water over the trip. If you if you have a medical situation or you sprain your ankle or something, you can dump the water out. Train smart. Don't hurt yourself. Well, well, yeah, make, make up some of that weight with medical gear and with, with sensible layers. And, you know, if you're going on like a proper wilderness trail or doing like, uh, if, if you're doing like a long trail, it, it's good to have not just, uh, you know, like a little bit of weight like water, but, it, you know, it, it's, a, it's a four hour trip, but hey, you might fuck up and 
find yourself in a 127 hours situation and it's it's nice to have that stuff on you so worst case scenario you're you're prepared and then you're you're also training with some useful weight instead of just you know dead weight so yes i agree get used to the because you know it, it all moves different to how it's in your pack so yeah that's that is some solid dad advice yeah I, I think my my little ramble I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna pass off as my dad advice too like you know it, it was good i i actually was going to say that was very good dad advice fuck yeah all right we we'll we'll, we'll raise this next generation right between the two of us hell yeah we're going to be <laughs> <after dads. laughs> I, if you're uh, listening to this i'm your dad now <laughs> uh, well uh oh, thanks for listening people and uh okay bye okay bye Ha, ha, ha.